Hello and welcome to the RGBA podcast, episode six. I'm Brian Piana. This podcast, as a reminder, is dedicated to my progress and process in developing an exhibition at Texas A&M University and for March of 2017. So this is the sixth part of the first season, which will run through the summer. And it's been a really great week for me. Really busy, lots of progress. Let's get to it. So on Tuesday, I had lunch with my friend Donovan Buck. Donovan, I've talked about previously, if not by name, but he is the developer that I've worked with uh, over the years, back in 2009 and going forward, with some of my uh, online web-based or data-driven pieces. He's a developer. And so I sought him out and told him about my show at A&M and said, you know, there are some pieces that we, we worked on back in the day that I want to kind of update uh, for 2016, 2017, and see if he was interested in doing that. One of the great things about this show is that there's a stipend that comes along with it, so I have some money to spend. And so Donovan works full time, and he's uh, you know he's he's got a family. And so you know, seven years ago, I was able to bribe him with with lunch and things like that. But I don't I don't think that's going to work. So part of the stipend is going to be used to pay pay his work. So I, I met with him over lunch, and I said, look, you know, I want, to, I want to make sure you get paid. I want to pay you. So I have to have a budget because I have other supplies I'm going to buy. But, you know, I want to make sure that he gets something out of it. Now, I think he genuinely enjoys working on these projects because it's kind of out of the norm for him. But it's important, too, for me that, you know, I'm just not asking for favors. So we had a really good meeting and he's going to help out. Now I haven't got his anticipated budget yet. So I told him, I said, look, just be completely honest. You know, if, if it turns out that I can't afford you for, for what I need, then I'll change the scope of my work, but I'm hoping that it'll come in, uh, and, and a number I can, I can work with. So I talked to him about three pieces. One of them is the actual RGB feed, uh, Again, I explained the RGB system back in episode two, I think, maybe three. But the way it works is there is a Twitter search in real time or a search for the words red, green, blue, or yellow. So anytime someone uses one of those words on Twitter, the script uh, captures it and then renders it in real time in this kind of crawling vertical stripes of color. But what I want to do for this show is maybe have that actual script on display. So instead of just rendering paintings or, or installations from that, have it there, like on a screen. And then maybe that would better inform some of the other pieces in the show. So I talked to him about that. You know, how can we how can we do that? Twitter has changed their API a couple of times since the pieces were originally developed. So I need Donovan to go in and make sure that we can get what we need to reliably and that the script works reliably. Also, like for it to update, and I kind of wanted to also store some things, so actually grab some content and kind of create a document, maybe a couple, couple of renderings a day over the course of the exhibition. So we'll see. The second piece is another piece from back in the day, originally conceived in 2009. It's called Ellsworth Kelly Hacked My Twitter. And so what it did was that I had a certain number of people I follow on Twitter at the time, and I gave each one a color. So I assigned each one a color based on an approximate color of their avatar. So if they had a really dark avatar, then I was given the, I gave them a really dark color. 
And basically what happened is you could launch this script and it would render a grid of colors, much like Ellsworth Kelly's uh, color squares would show up. And, and I like that. Uh, what I'm going to do for this show is I'm going to revisit that and then reduce my follower count to 216, which is the magic number that back in the early days of the internet of computers, there were, there were web safe. So back in the, the early days of the internet, there were 216 web safe colors. Those were colors that could reliably be rendered across most computers. Now, that's not really relevant anymore. Most computers will render any millions of colors, which is great. But there's something magical about that 216. Um, ultimately, back back then, many co- many computers could only render 256. So I was really leaning to go to 256 colors, but 216 is the actual accurate count in terms of that. I think the computers themselves would kind of figure out what the other 40 were on an individual basis. So in order to do that, I'm no longer approximating avatar colors. I'm going to assign each of the people I follow one of the 216 hexadecimal color values. And that means one of the things I have to do is get down to 216 follows, right? So not people that are following me, but people I follow. So a lot of those, you know, I'm starting to sift through theirs, sift through my account and see who I follow, who, who I no longer need to follow, or who doesn't really, who's not active anymore. So... There's some hard decisions. You know, right now with the political climate where it is, I kind of wish I was following more people, and I, I certainly could do that. But for the piece to be rendered the way I want it to, I need to keep it keep it down low. So that's the other piece. I have another piece that I talked to him about. I pitched him on the idea. I haven't conceptualized it very much, but it would be a piece that was more participatory. So someone in the exhibition could actually interact through Twitter and have an effect on the screen they're seeing. Uh, they could certainly try to do that with the RGBA piece, but I don't think um, there's no way to really validate that that a particular color stripe they're saying is theirs. So it was a really good meeting. He also, you know, I, I threw out some other ideas, and he discussed uh, he's real big into uh, robotics, uh, node bots, using JavaScript to control robots. And so we talked about that. But he also got me, he introduced me to NeoPixels, which are these little LED lights uh, that can be used to display any, any color, right? So any hexadecimal color it can render. And so that is interesting just to think about, like, okay, maybe there's a possibility there. One of the things I'm thinking about doing is having some work that is visible from outside the gallery. So I mentioned that the gallery space has uh, three of the four walls are primarily glass. And so, you know, even outside of gallery hours, wouldn't it be neat? Wouldn't it be cool if there was something going on so that if someone walked by the building uh, late in the evening or on the weekend, there would be something that was happening. There would be something that was visual that they could they could see. So these node pixels uh, might be a way to do that. There might be another way to do that. But that certainly got me thinking more about that now that there's actually something that can be done for it. So that was really good. The next thing that happened was the day after that meeting. That was on a Tuesday. We're recording this on a Friday. Uh, the other thing is I went to AM. So I actually went to the space. Uh, drove up there on Wednesday. Had a great drive up. It's only about an hour and 40 minutes from my front door to the gallery. And, you know, there was no one in there. There, there is a show that's going on right now. But I, I brought my camera. I brought my tape measure. I brought my notebook. And I just started taking measurements. I just started really kind of as best I could get the details of the space uh, to see what I have to work with. 
The gallery space itself is pretty darn close to a 50 by 60 foot square, not square, <laughs> a rectangle, right? So it's approximately maybe 50 feet wide by 60 feet deep. And that's a big space. That's a really big space for one artist to fill. The ceiling is higher than 12 feet, right? So it's 12 feet up just to get to the exposed rafters. And then there you go a little higher than that. So it's it's a very large space. And I knew that. And, you know, there are about, there's a series of panels, uh, movable panels. They're repositional, I should say. And they're about 10 feet high. And one thing about that is they can't leave the space, right? There's nowhere to tuck them away. There's not a closet they go in. So those panels are going to have to be in the space. Now I can use them. I can shove them up against one of the walls. I can use them to block a window if I want, but they have to be part of the space. So for this exhibition that was there this week, they were set up and there was lots of work hung on them. There was no work really put anywhere else, right? They were on the panels. You know, there wasn't anything on the walls because again, they can't do a lot with the walls. So, you know, it makes sense. Small paintings, I think I could hang on those panels, but for someone that wants to put some kind of internet-based work or screen-based work, then I'm not sure that's those panels are going to work for that. And maybe I do use them just to block out a window. Maybe I use them to create a faux wall on one side of the gallery. I don't know yet. I'll have to make some renderings and really see what I'm going to put into that. One of the things I went up there for really is that there is the one solid wall on one side. We'll say it's the west side of the gallery space. And so there's about a 43-foot expanse of that wall that is uninterrupted. So it's about 43 feet wide by, I'm going to say, let me flip through my notes here. It's going to be about 94 inches tall. So you're looking about eight feet tall uh, all the way over. And it's, it's not totally pure. There's like a thermostat. There's some electrical boxes. There's some kind of raised conduit lines from the ceiling down to those electrical boxes. So there's certainly some things on the wall where it's not just a smooth surface. But my thought is, I, I can't paint the wall and, and I wouldn't want to paint the wall. It's a giant wall. But my thought is maybe I can use adhesive vinyl and put some work, put some stripes on that wall. And right now that's an that's a area in the gallery that's not really used. It's tucked away. It's, it has a dropped ceiling. I mentioned how tall the gallery ceiling is, but on that area, that one wall, there's a drop ceiling that kind of condenses it. It's very dark without the uh, fluorescent bulbs on. But I like that wall because it, it, as it extends towards the back corner, that wall kind of breaks through because there's a, there's a patio outside. And it's, I'm really intrigued by the patio because it's, you know, it's there. There's glass, all the glass doors, so anyone can see it. There's these little plastic blinds. But if those were raised, then you can see out this patio and you can see the continuation of that wall, that 43 foot wall kind of breaks through to the outside. And so I'm immediately thinking that's an opportunity to, to create a work of art on that wall and have it go outside, have it continue uh, from the interior space to the exterior space. So that's something that I'm, I'm pretty excited about. There are a lot of windows in the back. They're really tall. They, they go across the entire you know, near 40 foot expanse of the wall. And my thought there was, hey, I could use vinyl on the window, right? Putting vinyl on glass and getting it off is pretty easy. The one downside is I don't know how I could get it on easily. I would need some kind of cherry picker from the outside. And this gallery is on the second floor. 
and I don't know of a good way to get a cherry picker down there because they're the ground level is actually the second floor. So the gallery is kind of on the, the raised ground level on that side of the building. And so there's a lower outdoor space, but you have to step down the stairs to get there. So there's some interesting things that way. Like, I don't know how feasible it would be to do. What I'm really interested in, having gone and visited again, is the, the doors to the entrance. The entrance of the gallery is from inside the building, and there are it's a glass facade with eight glass doors. So it's, I think of it as four doors side by side. They each have two doors, actually four units and they swing outward and it's all glass. So even when the gallery is locked up, you can see inside. And so I'm immediately saying, Hey, let's, let's put some vinyl there, right? Even if it is after hours, even if it is the weekend, what's going to stop me from putting artwork on that facade? that is there only when the gallery is open and uh, when it's closed and when the gallery is open, then great. It just folds up and you know, then they'll see the work inside. But I'm really intrigued by that. Thinking of, you know, Daniel Buren, what would Daniel Buren do with that opportunity? Buren, someone I spoke about in the stripes episode. So I'm really curious about what to do there. Topping it off. I had a, you know, that was a great visit Uh, yesterday on Thursday. I went back to neon gallery, which is where I had first met, Tim and we discussed vinyl and I finished working on his website or didn't finish, but I reached another checkpoint. He gave me some more money for that, which is awesome. And then I had brought home some samples of translucent vinyl, adhesive vinyl. So red, green, and blue. I was super happy. He had some scraps and he's very generous with that. So I'm going to kind of see how it works. He putting it on glass, seeing how translucent it is, see how that, how the properties might affect it and go from there, you know? So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, really good days in terms of kind of looking at options, thinking about what to do for this project. I have some paintings that I'm continually doing, kind of working through ideas that way. Uh, You know, just a really productive week all around. And it's got me really excited heading forward. And now that I have measurements and photos, uh, you know, I've talked about this space for a long time. I have photos. My plan is to put them on a Dropbox folder. And so if anyone listens to this and you want to see some of the photos of the space, so as you, if you're following along on this journey of mine, you want to see kind of what I'm talking about, what I'm dealing with, I'll provide that URL. Uh, I don't know if it'll be clickable or not, but I'll provide the URL in the episode description. So it's been a great week. I'll leave it at that. Much, you know, much better, I think, psychologically than last week. I'm feeling really good about the direction of the work, about the opportunities put before me, and I'm excited to keep moving. So next week, uh, you know, hopefully I'll have some more updates. I'll have some updates on some of the digital stuff. Maybe I'll let you know how the vinyl is working out so far, but that's where we're at. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have a great one. We'll talk next week.